Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, Raider Nation, unite. How's everyone doing in the Raider Nation on the flagship station? Raider Nation, 920 AM, and on the Raiders mobile app, JT with you from noon to 2, brought to you by PTs. And what a weekend. Every weekend's great for PTs, but we got UFC in town, which is a big deal. We got Garth Brooks in town, which is a big deal. How could you not go to the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 and midnight to 2 to get your game on? For such a great weekend, PT is all throughout the valley here welcoming you in. They fuel the monologue every day. I'm proud to call them a partner as we open here on Raider Nation Radio today. Weird day in regards to headlines in sports, and that's my job, to give you the headlines in sports. I'll do that momentarily, but as you know, this is the countdown of Tom Flores in Canton, Ohio. Also, Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, great classes, great classes going in on a Saturday and Sunday. I'll be there heading to Canton coming up here in early August. And all I want to do every day is get a couple of Tom Flores calls into the show. I don't ask for anything from you. I tell you who our partners are, maybe who you can go and hang out with, uh, what to do if you need an injury attorney. I got Sam and Ash. Sam's coming on later. If you want to go to a happy hour, I give you PTs. You know I love Grimaldi's Pizza. It's the only pizza I eat in town. I turn the other pizza down. I only eat Grimaldi's. I drink Remy Martin's sidecars, and the official cerveza of the show is Modelo. So I tell you about that because they're the partners. That's what keeps us on the radio. But all I want from you is if you ever call the show to come in with some passion and energy, sound off like you got a pair, and come on in passionately about the Raiders. Now why is that? Because I have been the longest tenured radio host in Raider history, dating back to Oakland in the 60s and 70s, where they didn't have sports radio. Didn't have it. You know, Bill King play-by-play and a little bit on the news. And then in the 80s in Los Angeles, still not sports radio. And then in Oakland, they tried to do sports radio with the Raiders, but... It didn't work a lot because the partners up there had a grudge against the Raiders. Raiders moved from L.A. to Oakland, and they moved. You know, in the Bay Area where I've hosted this show, and the Bay Area put me on the map, the stations didn't give a crap about the Raiders. They cared more about the Warriors and the Giants, even though they were paying me some ungodly money for a couple hours a day to put my kids through college. I tried to do Raiders every day. People looked at me with a scowl. Why are you talking about the Raiders? Why am I talking about the Raiders? It's the flagship station in Oakland, in the Bay Area, 95-7 the game, or Ticket 1050 that did a better job. Man, JT's talking Raiders too much. Calm him down. Calm him down. Have him talk about the San Francisco Giants or the Niners. Hell no. I'm employed by the Raiders. I'm employed by the Raiders. It's been a high honor in my career. So I treat that job very important to me. And all I can do to give back to the Raiders who have given me far more, far more than I could give to them, is just put Raider fans on the radio. And no one's done that at my level. Not even close. There's not even a second, third, fourth, 18th runner-up. That's what I want my legacy to be, however long it lasts. It could last another year. It could last 20 years, whatever. This is year 23. 
of putting Raider fans. I was discovered by the Raiders because I was taking phone calls in the middle of the night in 1996. And Bruce Allen, the GM at the time, said, who's that guy taking the Raider calls in the middle of the night? Do you know why he was listening? Because he's a football executive. He was up in the middle of the night working. He said, just hire him. Put him on the pre- and post-game show with George Atkinson, Artie Digantino, and the great David Hum. Oh, my God, I miss David Hum every day. Every day I think of David Hum and the impact that he had on my life from Bishop Gorman here in Vegas to his great run, the first ever inductee into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. And that's where it all started for me. I told you the backstory. It's in my book, The Handoff. I went to Black Hole Rob, and the Black Hole said, hey, I'm not a Raider fan, man, but I want to put you guys on the radio. And he said, whatever it takes, we got your back. Just don't do us bad. And I never did them bad. They put my name in the end zone. The Black Hole and JT the Brick. Go YouTube it. Every big game Gannon played, my name, and I was hanging off the end because the Raiders have done a lot for me and my family. That's why I don't talk trash about the owner and make fun of their haircuts. From time to time, a troll will come up to me. Man, you ask Mark Davis some softball questions. Really? I'll go replay it for you. 21 questions. Everyone was legitimate. But I do have some trolls and some idiots who would like to see me get fired and mock the team president or mock the owner. Never going to happen. Never going to happen because you're not in this seat. I am. And I have respect for the Raiders, Al Davis, Carol Davis, Mark Davis. So I always take the high road. And from time to time, if a Raider fan gets all bunched up and all upset because they think I'm too close to the story, I could care less. I am here as a facilitator to put Raider fans on the radio. Pre-game, can't do it. Post-game, I do it with Eric Allen, and then I do it during football season five days a week, and then I do it every night nationally, and I try to protect the Raider Nation because they get dumped on by every other fan base in this league and the national media and the local media in Kansas City and in Denver, and they mock the Raider fans. So what I try to do is I try to give the Raider fans a voice to go crack them fans back. That's all we do here every day from noon to two with a couple of interviews, a couple of interviews and my opinions on other things other than the Raiders. There's no Raider content this next week, last week. There's nothing. Zero. What do you want me to do? Rank the all-time greatest defensive ends in Raider history? No, I'm talking about the NBA Finals, which is a much bigger story. So that's where I'm at. And the only way I can get Raider fans focused with me is to talk about Tom Flores. So, man, I was just on a soapbox for, whoa, how was that? What am I doing? I'm going on another vacation next week. I shouldn't be this wound up. It's July 8th. So Raider Nation unite, as I tweeted out. In the next 20 minutes, I'd like a phone call or two on how Tom Flores affected your life in a positive manner. How, like, Steph McKenzie called in yesterday from Newport Beach, and she said she told the story about being a L.A. Raider fan and the Raiders and how Tom Flores, and he moved and had a commute uh, back and forth. It was a great phone call from Steph. She's a pro. She's a, one of the biggest radio hosts here in town on 97 won The Point, Fox and McKenzie. We got great Raider fans who are listening to me now on that Raiders app. So make yourself feel good. You know Tom Flores listens because he's got the Alexa in Palm Desert in his house. You know Fred Bolitnikoff is listening because he has me tuned in every day at noon in his beautiful home, which I've been to. And your voice should be heard about Tom Flores for the next 30 days. Congratulate, Coach, for getting into the Hall of Fame. It's been too long of a wait. 
and thank him for what he's done for you in your life as a Raider fan. Got it? Real simple. Everybody can participate. I don't like reading tweets and emails. That doesn't work. I like hearing your voice in the Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Big news today, and I'm waiting to hear back from my contacts within top rank who just got back to me. Quote, we continue to monitor the health status of Tyson Fury and his team and the status of the event which is coming up, which is the World Heavyweight Championship of the World, has not changed. That is the statement from Top Ranked. July 24th, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Uh, reports are out of ESPN that there's a COVID-19 outbreak in Tyson Fury's camp, which will inevitably cause the July 24th championship fight to be postponed. Now, I just read you the text that I got from Top Rank. No official determination has been made on whether the fight at T-Mobile in Las Vegas on ESPN and pay-per-view will proceed as planned. So we're going to keep an eye on this story. The fight is a joint pay-per-view with Fox, and the network has the Manny Pacquiao-Errol Spence fight on August 21st, so maybe it could be moved there. Uh, quote, it was a crazy roller coaster towards this fight. Fury said at last month's news conference in L.A., I always say, you never fight someone until you're in the ring opposite of them. It's a really big event for Vegas and this community. There's nothing like a fight here. For everybody who's asked me over my life, JT, what is the biggest things you've been to? Is it the Super Bowl? Is it this or that? No, 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 no. It's a fight. There is nothing bigger than putting a suit on or a nice outfit in Las Vegas, having a couple of cocktails at the MGM, walking in with a sea of humanity into a fight. It's bigger than anything I've ever done. Not even close. And there's been some great things that I've been able to do as a fan and a sports talk radio host. So whenever there's a fight in Vegas, we like to get our voice out and, and talk to you about it. So this could be a big deal. They'll fight again. But what is the bigger story today, ladies and gentlemen? The bigger story is that COVID is back in Vegas and the numbers are climbing. Not the death rate, uh, not the survival rate. We know that. We are not here to stir the pot and scare people on COVID. I got vaccinated as soon as I could. Why? Because I believe that a vaccination will help stop the virus. Anyone with half a brain cell gets that. The people who don't understand that or don't agree with that, that's your opinion. My opinion is get vaccinated because over 3 billion, with a B, billion people have to try to do this. And I've also told you, and I'm serious about this, that this new variant that's back is a big deal, and it could get in the way of sports. So today, we see a COVID outbreak for a fighter who's based in Vegas, as the Vegas numbers are going up, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, I mean, I can't believe there's some people in the world that need a lottery ticket or need to be put in a lottery to get a vaccination. Wow. Wow, but I guess everybody's doing that. And then secondly, what's really interesting is that the other big headline today is that there'll be no fans in the Olympics because Japan wants nothing to do with the Olympics. As of right now today, Japan doesn't want to host the Olympics. They want to shut this thing down and just shut it down. They are officially, as of yesterday, in a COVID-19 state of emergency. So I, I still have dingbats 
when you tell them, hey, you know, Japan's in a state of emergency. Oh, no big deal. I don't need a vaccination. I'm great. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm okay. <laughs> it's a global story. It's a global pandemic that shut sports down for 16 months. And I'm still, I feel like I'm getting pulled and dragged into this story again. Oh, my God. Are we going to have another shutdown for COVID? Oh, my God. Is it going to come back to Vegas? And there's a level of urgency on all that. But remember, I'm the guy who's always taken COVID seriously, want you to take it seriously, do what you need to do. I just traveled internationally and got back, mask on in the airport. Some of these knuckleheads, I, I was really in an airport where someone came up to someone and said, put a mask on, a fight almost broke out. The rule is you have to have a mask on in the airport. It's not like you're not into it. You're too cool to put on a mask. No, you have to have a mask on to go into the airport, period. If not... Get your ass out of the airport and don't travel. And, and don't go on vacation and don't go anywhere because you're, you're not the reason we're changing the rule because you don't want to wear a mask in an airport. I don't wear a mask anywhere else other than an airport. Why would I? I don't have to. I've been vaccinated. So the ban of fans was just announced by the IOC and the Japanese organizers, reducing the games to a made-for-TV event. How much does that suck? We've had 16 months to get our head wrapped around COVID. 16 months to get people vaccinated. The vaccine came, uh, vaccine came very quickly. Both presidents have taken the vaccine, both of them, and they both hate each other, but they both took the vaccine. And here's the quote today from Tokyo. It is regrettable that we are delivering the games in a very limited format, facing the spread of the coronavirus again. I am sorry to those who purchase tickets and everyone in local areas. How in God's name is a sports fan, because you're listening to sports radio, how as a sports fan does this not get on your Richter scale and, and blow you up and say, oh, my God, we live in Vegas. We're the sports capital of the world now. We got the Fury fight. Oh, that might be postponed because of COVID in the Fury camp. We got this event coming up. We got the Raiders. We got the Golden Knights. We got UNLV football. Oh, my God. I'm not there. I'm not panicking. I think we'll be at full capacity for everything. But the headlines today are very worrisome, not for your personal health, because I can't tell you what to do. I can just tell you what I do. But I, I can read you the headlines and tell you what's happening in sports around the world. So I, I would like to take phone calls on this because the numbers are popping in Vegas. We're a sports town, and I can tie the story to sports. This isn't a political show. I'm not here to give you my politics, but I can tie COVID-19 back into sports again. I don't deserve a juice box or a medal for doing two radio shows throughout COVID-19, but a lot of it sucked. Every day coming in here talking to my producers, what the hell are we going to talk about? Sports is being canceled every day. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to see that happen again. I want us to remain at full capacity. Uh, Kyle Turley is going to join us later on in the show, the marijuana advocate. I've been interviewing Kyle Turley for decades, and he's a friend of the show, and he wants to talk about medical marijuana, marijuana, an event he has coming up with Jim McMahon and Ricky Williams, and uh, that's going to be a good interview. His conversations are always good. The other big headline today is James Harden briefly detained by police in Paris. He wasn't arrested. French media reports that James Harden, who has been around Paris with Kanye West and Lil Baby was on the street when a car stopped after police smelled weed. Okay, so follow the story. 
Reports say three people in the car, including Lil Baby, were arrested and taken to the Paris police station because marijuana is illegal in Paris. Harden was apparently nearby and tried to intervene and was briefly detained. The video is up on TMZ. Oh, but the police searched the car and found 20 grams of weed, a substance that is illegal in France in the car. So that is a James Harden update as we get to today. And I know you've been hearing it on Raider Nation Radio. Derek Carr was on Chris Collinsworth's podcast uh, talking about a really good football player who could be available coming up in Devontae Adams. And this is going a little bit viral now because Carr is doing what Carr should be doing. He should be recruiting his best friends and teammates and everybody in this league who's a pro bowler at the top to come to Vegas. Here's part of that interview. You know, he's one of my best friends, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm going to full court press the guy when he's a free agent. Like, there's no doubt. I'm offering whatever I got to offer. I'll buy him a car, buy whatever I got to do. I'm going to offer that man. And because I know he'd fit in great with the receivers that we have here. Uh, I'm allowed to say those things. Our organization isn't, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's one of the best. He's the best receiver in the NFL. So, all, and, and I, honestly, I'm focused on trying to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, and hopefully he's in it so I can beat his butt too, you know. And, uh, you know, that's the plan, and then recruit him over to the dark side a little bit. Yeah, I like that. You know why I love that so much? Because I recruit people to Vegas. I love Vegas. I've lived in Vegas since 96 on and off, and I moved back here full time. In 2009, I met my wife here. One of my sons were born here. I love Las Vegas. Love it. One of my favorite places, if not my favorite place I ever lived, and I'm from New York, and I just love it here. And I think it's the job of John Gruden, Mike Mayock, Mark Davis, Mark Bedane, and Derek Carr to recruit people to come to Vegas, and they all do a wonderful job, I think. But what I'd like to see more of is more recruiting to get free agents to come here. Now, the Raiders aren't going to go after every free agent because there's a salary cap. There's only certain players that they're able to target. Right? Remember Nelson Aguilar. Then Nelson Aguilar has an opportunity to leave the Raiders, which I thought was a mistake because he's going to New England where Cam Newton forgot how to play quarterback. Cam Newton literally forgot how to throw a football. He can't. He can't throw a football 30 yards. So they drafted Matt Jones, who looks like garbage in camp. They're saying he's terrible there. And Nelson Aguilar went to the Patriots. Why? Oh, he went to get paid. The Raiders had a limit where they were going to pay Nelson Aguilar because they got Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones. They got a whole bunch of other guys. Now, they left a guy who had great chemistry with Derek Carr, but you know De- Derek Carr just mentioned the player, Devontae Adams, who is a teammate at Fresno State, and that's the guy he wants. And I think that's great news because Derek should have that. You know, Derek's pretty comfortable that he's going to be here, right? That's a big story. A lot of other people around the country are not comfortable with that, including some Raider fans who are putting Derek right in the spotlight this year. Some people believe it's a make-or-break year for Derek Carr because he's not under contract. His contract is running out, and all the guaranteed money has been paid. And do you believe that Derek Carr should be paid long-term what the new market is going to be, which is going to be anywhere from 35 to $40 million a year if he's never won a playoff game? So I'm pro Derek Carr. I'd like to see Derek Carr. I'm never going to get in the way of Derek Carr's money. You nuts? Pay Derek Carr whatever you think is right. They don't run that by me. But this is a big year for Derek Carr. 
And for Derek to go on with Chris Collinsworth and talk about next year, next year recruiting Devontae Adams, who's the best wide receiver in football, that made news because some people are saying, whoa, 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 next year? What about this year? Derek's got to step up and have a big year this year and get the Raiders to the playoffs. And that's a really important topic if you want to jump on that, 702-365-9200. But again, we'd like to hear from some Raider fans on Tom Flores, my last show of the week. I got a short week next week. Uh, The Raiders, the alumni department, they are kind enough to line me up with Coach Flores' former players who are going to be on straight through to Canton almost every day. We're going to have three or four interviews a week as the guests are going to be former players who are going to pay tribute to Tom Flores. I think that's a really cool idea. And I want to thank the Raiders for enabling that for me so we can have those conversations coming up. Sanger Raider, start us off here on Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. Hi, JT. Hey, thank you for taking my call, especially in light of the uh, on-the-air faux pas that I committed yesterday. Oh, that's fine. Um, it was inadvertent. No, it's uh, okay. No, no, no one who didn't hear it yesterday heard it, so you can go ahead. Jump right in, buddy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I was sharing with you yesterday uh, the experience I had with Tom Flores. I was uh, at the Checkmates Bar, which is owned by his brother, or was owned by his brother, Tom. And uh, my connection with Tom is that we're both from Sanger, California. Mm-hmm. So he's my homie. Um, my connections go further. I played football in um, uh, Tom Flores Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um I've heard Tom uh, talk about his experiences in Sanger, and they're just like mine. We grew up in Sanger, four-sided town. Uh, we both worked out in the fields picking grapes. Uh, we both, you know, come a long way. I'm I'm probably 16 years uh, Tom's uh, junior, mm-hmm. but I know him. I sat next to him at the Checkmates bar. He uh-huh. welcomed me. We talked about our families, which his family knew my family. Um, I didn't know him because of our age difference, but my brother and sister went to school with him, and that's how I became a Raider fan. So Tom gave me a personal connection to the Raiders, and I've been a Raiders fan since 1968. Um, wow. And, you know, he, he sat next to me, and we, we talked about our families. Um, at one point, he just kind of looked at me and goes, oh, so you're, you know, from – from that client, I go, yeah, I goes, yeah, I know your brother and sister. We went to school together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had that odd uh, kind of pregnant pause, if you will, in our conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I started noticing, because, you know, the checkmate's bar was dark inside, I started noticing these little lights uh, glimmering up on the mm-hmm. ceiling and on the walls. And I asked Tom, I said, see, Tom, I said, you see those lights? I said, what do you think that is? And he goes, that's my uh, reflection of my Super Bowl ring. Look at that. Look at that. So, hey, real quickly, i got to wrap it up. Are you going to go to Canton? Are you going to be out there with uh, members of the community there where you're both from? Because I know there's a lot of people coming in. Are you going to make the trip? I wish I could. I wish I could. You know, I live in Vegas. I'm retired now. Mm. And, uh, you know, if I had the means, I would because, you know, he is my homie. And uh, I have a a personal connection with him. And He's uh, the reason right. I'm a Raider fan and always will be. Well, do me a favor. Sit on hold. Bobby will get you. I'm going to give you a $50 Grimaldi's gift card for starting off the show. You're local here in Vegas. Go get a couple of pies over at Grimaldi's. Best beats I ever had. $50 gift card. And thanks for following what we're trying to do here to talk about your friend Tom Flores. Really appreciate it, okay? 
Thank you, JC. I appreciate you. Got it. you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to drive Tom Flores' content to this channel. And it shouldn't be like pulling teeth. That guy gets it. He's from his hometown. Let's see if we can get more Flores fans up here over the next month. 702-365-9200. As you know what coach means to me, if you go to my Twitter, at JTTheBrick, I was able to MC on the field at Oakland in front of 50,000 fans, a ceremony to Tom Flores' Super Bowl 15 team. And uh, that was a high honor for me to introduce him. And I'm excited to go back there with my wife and be a part of the celebration coming up. 702-365-9200. We're going to get to the NBA Finals. Uh, we had a guest on yesterday who was supposed to be on yesterday that wasn't able to join us. The pre- and post-game host, uh, Dario Melendez, who's going to come on. Kyle Turley, former All-Pro, Pro Bowl offensive guard. He's a marijuana advocate. He wanted to come on to talk about some of these issues and coming up in a little bit, George Sedano from ESPN LA, ESPN Television, on Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight. Also, I'll get into Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. And I don't want to say that Stanley Cup should have been Vegas, but it should have been Vegas. Come on. How did we not win that cup? We, the fans of the Golden Knights, how did that not happen? How in God's name did Montreal beat Vegas? They were barely competitive, and they knocked out the Vegas Golden Knights. We should be still in the Stanley Cup final with a game coming back to Vegas and Vegas having that cup ceremony. Now, look, Tampa Bay might have beat Vegas. Tampa Bay is close to being a dynasty now. But, wow, what a blown opportunity for your Vegas Golden Knights not to be playing in the Stanley Cup. I mean, come on. That thing was set up beautifully. After Vegas was down 0-2 to Colorado and won four in a row, and then they're playing a marginally competitive Montreal team, and Montreal beats Vegas? We could have been talking about the Stanley Cup. Can you tell I'm a little bit bitter? Still bitter about that, but excited to host the show today as we pay tribute to Tom Flores the rest of the month. 702-365-9200. The news today potentially on Fury Wilder being postponed because of a COVID outbreak in Fury's camp. If we have more updates on that, we'll let you know before the end of the show. And George Sedano will join us coming up from ESPN LA as we preview a massive game coming up. I think it's not a must-win game because Milwaukee hasn't played a home game yet, but Phoenix is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite tonight over Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee to win or at least cover the spread. I don't know how you don't go in on Milwaukee the way Giannis looked in the last game. The free throw issues that went down. I'll get into that with George Sedano on the other side on Raider Nation Radio. Now the Suns come back. Booker open for three. Shazam! Much needed. Yes. Started with Chris Paul just going one-on-one, getting in the lane, and all the white jerseys collapse, and he finds Devin wide open. There it is, coming from the Phoenix Suns radio network. The Suns are three games away from winning the NBA title. Deservingly so. They were very good in the regular season. Remember, the Lakers had all the injuries, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. So Utah was, for most of the season, the best team in all of basketball, Utah. And Phoenix was right behind them. In the East, 
It was Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and then Atlanta made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, which was really impressive. I love this matchup now because these teams are getting after it, and it's a good matchup just to watch. If you're a basketball fan and you don't care about either one of these teams, you got to be watching it because of the quality of basketball as I welcome in my good friend George Sedano from ESPN LA, ESPN Television. And, George, I just said I don't have a dog in this fight, but I loved it. There's eight or nine guys on the court at all times who are great basketball players. I love the quality of play. How do you see it? I agree. It was excellent basketball. Um, I will say that if I was Milwaukee, clearly their strategy of switching defensively and dropping in coverage was a huge mistake. And that's patented Mike Budenholzer as great a coach as he is he can be a little stubborn and he feels like his way is going to work over a representative sample but in these short series JT that may not be the case especially if you're going to drop and you have one of the greatest mid-range shooters in the history of the sport and Chris Paul uh, chewing you up and by the way Chris Paul also sizing you up on your switches where he's matching up against Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis uh, and just eating their lunch so, yeah, I do think there are some easy adjustments they have to make. And if they don't, maybe this will be a shorter series than we think. But it was Chris Paul's night and the Suns' night in game one. Who is that comparable to over the years? Because you covered the heat in Miami. When you see a point guard that can handle that, can handle and see in front of them that the, that the pick is coming and the switch is coming and they got to fight through it and they got to wait and be patient or sometimes be faster. Do we talk about Isaiah Magic Johnson, is that just a super elite category of point guards who can figure that out? No question. Those two that you mentioned in the current game, you have a guy like LeBron James, obviously, who has some of that. I'd say James Harden has some of that, to be mm-hmm. frank with you. Um, you know, there, there are a number of guys historically. John Stockton, obviously, another one who's a great pick-and-roll player and a great mid-range shooter. Uh, you know, there, there's guys, for sure, that we can talk about. But Chris Paul is in that elite level when it comes to just understanding not only what he sees in front of him, but what the other team is trying to do to him. George Sedano joins us. So it was pretty obvious to me when the game was in progress that I said, where's Drew Holiday? How come Drew Holiday, an all-NBA guy on defense, can't step through and just pick up Chris Paul earlier before the timeline and then score 25 on him and try to take some air out of his tires by making him work on the defensive end? Isn't the obvious adjustment Drew Holiday playing better and more ferocious defense? Yeah, well, it, it also, right, it takes the coach to say to him, hey, Chris, we're not going to switch, or Drew, excuse me, we're not going to switch on Chris. You're going to have to fight through those screens. You can go under on anything beyond 30 feet uh, if they try to set a screen way out near the uh, midcourt area. But anything close to the three-point line, you've got to fight over that, and we'll let the big man hedge a little bit to save you some room so that way he can't turn the corner. Uh, but you've got to stick him no matter what. That's the obvious adjustment if you're Mike Budenholzer. And then on the offensive end, JT, look, he was fantastic in that Miami Heat series in the first round. He was probably the best player on the floor, which included a two-time MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo. However, since then, he has been erratic. He has been inconsistent on the offensive end. And as great as he is as a defender, that part can be fixed if his coach allows him to do what he can do. The offensive part is on him for sure. George Sedano joins us, ESPN, ESPN Radio. Real interesting to me. I love Giannis playing through that pain and coming through. And Or maybe it wasn't a lot of pain. He has such a high threshold of pain that most players wouldn't have played through it. Maybe some organizations 
wouldn't put their star franchise player out there to try to play through it. Looking back on this, how much credit do you give Giannis for what he did recovering so quickly, coming back and playing, considering how severe that injury looked when it first happened? A ton of credit. Uh, most guys that have that injury, JT, are out several weeks. And yes. he was back relatively quickly and played really well, I thought. Uh, I, I felt like there wasn't a hindrance to his game. Um, and I think that maybe he was a little cautious early on. But for the most part, he played like Giannis. I just love the way he, he explodes and he says, look, I'm not going to be – it's not going to take me a quarter or two to get going. So knowing that this is really important, game two, and what this game means – I mean, I think they have to win this game. I don't know if they're good enough to win four out of five still having to go back to Phoenix and win a game there if they go down 0-2 just because of the way Phoenix is playing. I don't see Phoenix having that Jekyll and Hyde type of team where Utah, a one seed, or Philadelphia, a one seed, could have a bad game or two and let a team back in the series. Talk to me about game two and how important in a sense of urgency Milwaukee has to have to win this game. I'm with you wholeheartedly on that. I, I think that this Phoenix team has been relatively uh, dominant in, in a lot yeah. of ways, basically since being down 2-1 to one to the Lakers in the first round. And they have mowed through almost everyone. And, yeah, they've had a few games here and there that they haven't looked themselves and, and have lost, and that's natural in a seven-game series. But to have that happen to them four out of five games, if they win game two, I just don't see that happening. And – Look, I think for Milwaukee, again, the easy adjustments we talked about defensively and trying to find ways uh, to really free up Drew Holiday. Because with Giannis, you assume he's going to get healthier as this thing goes, but that's not a given by any stretch of the imagination. So Holiday is going to have to play big for them in this situation. And, and again, I, I, would, I would try to make DeAndre Ayton work on the defensive end some. I'm not sitting here mm-hmm. and saying that you have to you know, feed Brooke Lopez in the post like it's, you know, Brooke Lopez from the New Jersey Nets, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. You know, do what you did in the, uh, in the conference finals against Atlanta when Drew Holiday was unlocking him, getting him easy dunks uh, at the rim and just finding him on uh, rolls to the rim and just alley-oops and things of that nature. There are easier ways to get Brooke Lopez going and get DeAndre Ayton to have to work on the defensive end. They made it too easy for Ayton. George Sedano, follow him at Sedano. NBA on ESPN, ESPN 710 in Los Angeles. You're based in L.A. on the radio. Tell me about Kawhi. What are you hearing with Balmer and the future of Kawhi and his injury and how the organization's going to handle it, his uncle, what he's going to do in the offseason, how nervous are Clipper fans about this offseason, or is there nothing to be nervous about because Kawhi doesn't have a lot of options to go anywhere else? Well, he's got some options. Uh, I don't think there's any question. There's a couple of teams with money. Uh, that have drawn that could draw his attention for sure. Dallas with Luka Doncic, uh, Miami uh, with Jimmy Butler. And for people that don't know this, before Kawhi um, recruited Paul George, the guy he wanted to hook up with with in the with the Clippers was Jimmy Butler. So they have a history, they have a relationship. Not a lot of guys do, um, and so that's an option. Maybe the Knicks, JT. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily possible. Um, but maybe the Knicks, but I give all of this like a 10% chance of happening, him leaving LA and leaving the Clippers. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, I, I would be stunned if he left, but I don't like to be an absolutist. 
So I'll say 90% he stays, 10% there's a chance he goes to one of those teams I mentioned. Uh, last one, we'll see you out here later in August for Summer League. But as you know, the dream team, this version is in Las Vegas, Team USA. Tatum's going to wear Kobe's number 10, which is a great storyline. With the backdrop of Japan not comfortable with COVID and there'll only be one dream team, the original dream team, how important is this? Because you talk to a lot of NBA players and have a lot of good contacts. NBA players still want that opportunity for a gold medal, no matter who they play with. I think it's a tremendous accomplishment to play for your country and win. What are your expectations on the importance of this Olympic Games? Uh, I agree. I think it's still very important. I, th- I think I see it that way, both for the reasons you outlined, and let's face it, also because it that experience changes a lot of guys. When guys go through that Olympic experience, they become better players on the other side. I remember in 2008, okay, the two guys that were incredible, and one of them was already a made man, so he, they didn't really necessarily need it. This didn't elevate him. Um, but Kobe Bryant, if you remember in that 2008 game against Spain, him and Dwayne Wade saved Team USA uh, from an embarrassing loss. And, and I say embarrassing because Team USA should never lose uh, in, when they've got their full squad out there in any kind of international uh, event. And those two guys had to save him. And, you know, Dwayne had won a championship, and obviously Kobe had won a ton of championships uh, to that point. But, you know, those moments elevate you, even a Hall of Famer, to a different level, I think. And just the experience for the younger guys who haven't won championships to see what it takes from guys who have won championships or who have been through these international games before, I think is unique. And I think it only helps them moving forward. There's always this kind of Olympic boom, right, that you get from these guys who had never done it before. And you see kind of their game elevate beyond that. And look, the third thing is, you know, it doesn't help your, it does help your marketability too. I think, you know, everybody watches the Olympics. Even casual uh, fans of sports uh, watch the Olympics. Even non-sports fans watch the Olympics. So I do think it helps in that regard, too. And I think that that's a small aspect of it as well. But, yeah, I think they should win. They've got a great team out there. And, you know, Duran and Lillard and guys like that. And some young guys. You mentioned Tatum, Bam Adebayo, right? Like, there's a, a lot of guys on this roster that make sense. The team makes sense. And let's not forget, they were embarrassed in their last session yeah. of international play. And they don't want that to happen again. And, and Carmelo Anthony, to wrap it up, is a great example. Look at his legacy as an Olympian and how many of the NBA super elite respect him for not only his individual stats in the NBA, but more importantly, how much he cared for his country and how great of an Olympian he was. No doubt about it. And that is part of his legacy for sure. Absolutely. I'll talk to you uh, at the end of the summer, my friend. Thanks for all your time. I appreciate it. All right, brother. You know it anytime. Take care. Appreciate it, George. George Sedano, ESPN, does a great job. And nice that he comes on, especially during the NBA Finals where he's doing a lot on the jump and he's on Around the Horn and he's on all these shows. And George and I worked together at a previous network for a long time. Really happy about his success, and he'll be out here for Summer League. And I hope everybody has gone out there and put together their plans for Summer League. If you haven't got tickets yet at UNLV Tickets or just Google Summer League and find a way to get in, Especially if you have youngsters, you have kids here in town, and you want to make sure they have some entertainment in August when it's really hot here. I've been saying that a lot lately. It's been really hot. Speaking of it being very hot, and I'm going to Garth Brooks on Saturday night, and Connor is fighting Saturday night. So what are we going to have, 65,000 at Garth Brooks and 20,000 or 18,000, whatever the number is, 
you're going to have that many people between Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile Arena trying to come in. Because a lot of people don't want to park. They don't want to drive. They want to walk. They want to take an Uber. This is going to be a stress test for this town. And this town can handle it. We've always had big events, but we've never had an event like this at Allegiant Stadium. I know a DJ opened it up. No, no. This is the opening. This is Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is a monster at the level of album sales and concert tickets. This is the biggest concert, concert ever in Vegas. It might have been better ones. I saw the Grateful Dead. You know, you go see big shows out here. Uh, I've seen Rush many times. I, you all have our favorites. But you're going to have roughly at the same time. And, Bobby, you know this town as good as anybody. How many people are going to want to get dropped off on this corner? They're going to want to get dropped off here. They're going to get what? Bobby, you've been here for, since what year? When did you get to Vegas? November of 95. 95. Now, there's been some big events here in town, but we didn't have a yes, football have. stadium. So this is probably, and I know, I don't know what else is going on. Someone help me out. Somebody help me out or tweet me at JT the Brick. What else do we have? I know, I know I'm forgetting something. Not Bruno Mars, the Residencies, Resorts World has their grand opening, and they have concerts there. But, Bobby, this is one of the biggest weekends when it comes to driving taxis, Ubers at one time that I can ever remember. It's going to be an interesting little play out to see how it works out for regular season football games. Yeah, good good point. So you're, going to, which, you're going to have, obviously, the T-Mobile traffic, the Allegiant Stadium yeah. traffic, then the regular weekend Vegas traffic. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a cluster. It'll be good. Yeah, and I, I've always said this, and you've heard me say it, that st- everybody needs to stop complaining, figure it out. I mean, this is why. Yeah, leave early, take do what Uber. you got to do, man. Yeah, you go early, figure it out. Is there going to be, in the beginning, is it going to be difficult? The T-Mobile traffic, wherever you come in from, if you're coming from Henderson or Summerlin, or all points in between from downtown could be pretty interesting, but Allegiant Stadium for Garth Brooks. When you look out at the traffic that's going to be there, I'm interested to see. You know, when I host the pregame show for the Raiders, I get there, you know, two and a half hours before a Raider game begins. So I'm going to be getting down there really early, but this will be interesting. And as you know, Bobby, I have two sons that can now drive, and because they live in my home rent free, and they eat me, they eat me out of house and hold. We now have to because they have lives too. We need we have to tell them days in advance that you're driving mom and dad to Garth Brooks. You're driving dad because in the old days it used to be my wife and I would drive and then leave the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right, leave the vehicle. Do you remember in the olden days in Vegas where you didn't have to pay for parking? Oh yeah, you, I, I oh, would yeah. leave my I would oh, leave yeah. my car in in the Hard Rock parking lot on a Thursday and pick it up on a Monday if I didn't have to go back down. But now uh, my sons become the Uber and the Lyft and uh, give them a couple of bucks for Robertos because as I told you, Bobby, my kids eat Robertos twice a day, so they're very cheap. Even though they don't pay rent, they don't eat us out of house and home because they go to Robertos every day. And they're working out, they're lifting, they're really fit. And their thing is they like to just eat Roberto's. I got, news, like, for you. Right, I got news for you, pal. I've seen your kids. You're going to lose that bet. Yeah. So we're going to get a ride. <laughs> we're going to go to Garth Brooks. And you know, gonna that's going to be an interesting thing, too, because, you know, parking for football is going to be a bit of an issue. So this is going to be a good trial because this is a sold-out show. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. And, again, as we talked about my sons, they both go off to college, so we're – we're in a month from empty nesting. We'll have to go back to Uber and all that. And, and the Uber's disappeared, as Ed Graney would say, on the mean streets of Summerlin. I used to have an Uber coming out of Red Rock in four minutes. 
Now it's 25 minutes, 30 minutes, Bobby, and you know we're looking for a transportation company to be a partner of JT the Brick. All you have to do is pick me up, take me home, and we tip very well. So we'll look into that. There's got to be two dozen limo companies out here that want the advertising. Come on. Remember Vinny when he used to work here in sales? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. How how many limo hookups did he have? He had a few. Because he had all the strip clubs, right? <laughs> he has, and, and other things we'll let go. But, yeah, yeah, he had <laughs> totally had the connections, absolutely. It's always good to have a driver or a limo guy in your Rolodex, right? Oh, some, yeah. some of the guys, that's not how I roll usually, but it's always good to have that. Well, 702, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, if this was Cedar Rapids, it wouldn't be so important. But being Vegas, you got to have one of those, absolutely. Yeah, well, we got Conor McGregor at T-Mobile and Garth Brooks at Allegiant. That's a good problem to have. That's why we're Vegas. We have, we have choices like that. And what else is happening? I know I forgot one other thing in town this weekend that's big, big. Remind me at JT the Brick if I forgot. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up this hour. Next hour, Kyle Turley is going to join us and also the pre- and post-game host of the Milwaukee Bucks on a game night. So we'll talk about the Bucks. I'm really into the NBA Finals, as you can tell. And we're looking for a Tom Flores call. Every hour on his legacy. This is not something that's been talked a lot about in the context of injuries, but resting is up over 100% this season from last season. The issue which we're trying to get to the root of is, does resting work, frankly? Does load management work? And there's different theories out there on it. And what's most surprising, as I said, it's, it's not just about injuries up this season. We've seen this upward trend for several years. And you'd like to believe that with the investment, the level of sophistication, the number of doctors, the, the amount of analytics we look at, that the data we're able to collect that we couldn't in the, in the old days, that we, putting the pandemic aside, would have seen improvements, and we haven't seen that yet. Adam Silver, the commissioner, as we said, you heard Steph McKenzie say, we're brought to you by Remy Martin. I ran into the entire Remy team as they had an unbelievable cocktail experience inside Resorts World, which was mind-blowing during the Open. It was great. Remy Martin team up for excellence. I had the sidecar there with Ryan and Tori and their entire team, and I loved it. So, Remy Martin, wherever you go to a lounge, a nightclub, a bar in this community, look up, and you'll see Remy Martin. And you'll see all of their different products up there. VSOP in a cocktail, Remy 1738. I like the Remy Martin Tercet on the rocks. Remy Neat. Whatever it is, Remy Martin, team up for excellence and raise your cocktail game. Remy Martin, proud partner of our show. Just quickly, Adam Silver there talking about load management. Guys are making three to four hundred thousand dollars a game. A game. Go back to what Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Bob Lanier, Bob Cousy made their entire careers. So you got guys now making three to four hundred thousand dollars a game. And they don't have to play when healthy because there's load management. There's been a problem in the NBA. So now people are trying to figure out, even with load management, how come nine all-stars, nine all-stars missed a portion of the playoffs? And even Giannis got hurt. But I think most of these injuries are flukes. It's not because the guys are out of shape. Or load management, from time to time, you get hurt playing sports. High-end 
athletics, you get injured from time to time. But the league's got a problem with their television partners because the TV partners, they don't want to go on TNT at night and have the national game on ABC or ESPN and not see the stars. And the stars are taking advantage of it. Wouldn't you take a night off of work if you were making three hundred and fifty grand, and say, no, I'll come back the next game. I'll take another day off. And the NBA is at fault because they let these guys get away with it. JT, brought to you by Remy Martin. Raise your cocktail game.